You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I didn't have the music Hello, folks! Welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast, now that the music actually works. I guess you could probably hear the music through, like, the microphone there. Great stuff. Uh, Just taking the curtain back so people can see the production of this show. Um... I am Charlie Burris. That is my co-host, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And arts. Oh, now I'm hearing a freaking echo in my ear, Zach. What is this? Is nothing? I got to fix though. Nothing but technical problems already. All right. This is like what you don't get to see whenever we do the podcast not live, the very fun stuff here. <laughs> yes, this is the stuff that I cut out normally. Uh, <laughs> we talk everything balls every week on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast Network on Apple, Spotify, and then on YouTube. A bunch of people uh, watching on YouTube already and do watch regularly. So go over to the A to Z Sports YouTube, subscribe there, and you'll be able to see the show. Uh, when we live stream it at 4 p.m. Eastern time every Monday and when me and Jonathan Crompton do our show uh, at halftime and post game of uh, of Tennessee football games at Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at ADZ sports ADZ sports dot com Facebook dot com slash ADZ sports Nashville. Go there. You know where to find us if you're watching this show. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm already nervous, Zach. Can we just get it out of the way? It's Florida week. And that is a scary, scary prospect around these parts. Tennessee, Florida, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Uh, That is the game that's coming up for Tennessee. And, uh, I mean, really, we we have to have this cursory conversation about the Akron game because it happened and we got to review what happened. And also, there's some some notes about it, but the bulk of this podcast is going to be about the Florida game. Um, Zach and I came up with our three keys uh, for Tennessee to beat Florida. And then we're going to go to the comments, see if anybody wants to weigh in uh, on that, try to have kind of a conversation about the things that Tennessee has to do to beat the Gators. Cause I, you know, one of them might just be like, have a, a supernatural have God on your side. That literally might be what it is. That t- takes Tennessee over uh, over the top to beat Florida. Um, and so I uh, I let's just start there. We're all nervous about this Florida game. We all want this win. It makes every Tennessee fan just on edge. I think right from the beginning. Uh, but we'll we'll try to talk ourselves through it. Crompton Crompton on the the game day show this past week, he kind of he tried to talk me off the ledge, and we'll we'll get into it. But first, Zach Akron, 
Uh, I mean, Tennessee just disposed of these boys. It was over before it started. Uh, literally, the first touchdown that Tennessee scored would have won at the game. It was, what, 62 to uh, 6? 63. 63 to 6. All right. Sorry, I had that. Um, so, uh, I oh, it's, oh, you're getting heckled in the comments about being a Mets fan, Zach. Look at that. No. Oh. <laughs> That's tough. Hey, one of the um, uh, one of the Mets pitchers uh, on, on Saturday that that started their game uh, disparaged Florida in the locker room clubhouse after the game, talking about how he's hope they were watching the game while he's being interviewed, hoping that they lose. So there's some common ground there. You know, there's some anti <laughs> there's some anti Florida tapes up there in New York. Yeah, everybody hates Florida. Yes. Um, but so the, the thing with the Zachary game. <sighs> It went exactly as planned, but it was also a complete nightmare because um, you have Cedric Tillman, some kind of injury. You have uh, Jabari Small, some kind of injury. You have Dylan Sampson. I mean, this is the, the nightmare scenario for that. Uh, but the thing is, is that the prognosis for all three of those seems good. It seems like from the coaches and, and everybody that has talked about it, that all three of them at worst, could play injured this weekend if needed, um, or they will be good by this weekend. One of the two. It just depends on how everybody progresses. You know how we all, all that coach speak about. We'll we'll see later in the week. We'll evaluate as the week goes on. You know what we all say. Um, but th- this game, I mean, Akron was like coming at your knees. What like it, this was. In terms of the beatdown, it was about as simple as a game can be for Tennessee. But outside of that, this was as bad as a snoozer game can be for Tennessee because these dudes are coming at the legs of your quarterback, got to and injured your running backs, two of them, got to and injured your wide receiver. Uh, this was horrific. I'm rambling to start here, but Zach, you watch this. What's up, man? Yeah, it was. Uh, I agree with your assessment there. It was kind of a frustrating game to watch as far as just everything going on with some of the injuries. I mean, if you're Josh Hypo, you don't want to pull your guys out in the first or second quarter. I mean, yeah, the game's in hand, but like he said after the game, and these things can change, and you don't want to take anybody lightly, and you want these guys to get game reps too. I mean, that's how they get better. So it's kind of one of those things where you – it's a risk, but you, you want to leave them in there kind of as long as you can. And Akron really was, I mean, I don't know if it was by design. I feel like you need, you, you're coached that way to do some of that stuff, but it was Joe Moorhead, that kind of guy. I don't remember uh, that kind of stuff going on when he was at Mississippi state. I don't really keep up with Mississippi state or watch their games, you know, the same way, obviously I do Tennessee, but it was, it was concerning, you know, that option play where they, they threw that pitch, the option to Dylan Sampson and, and, the ball's clearly out of Hendon Hooker's hands, and the Akron defender goes straight for Hooker's knees. I mean, that's it's about as dirty as it gets. I mean, and every, I see people on Twitter saying, "Well, that's that's legal. There was no flag." And yeah, it, maybe it is legal, uh, but it's not. It's just not in good taste. Like that's just not how you play the game. And, you know, you've seen Tennessee have brutal injuries from stuff like that before. Shot Tuttle several years ago. Um, Tillman kind of got hit in the knee, but he was jumping for a high pass. That was a little different. Um, but it was definitely something that as the game went on, I think we were all very aware of, of there's a real possibility that Tennessee could lose some players and and fans kind of started getting nervous. Like, hey, let's uh let's get these guys out of here and yeah. keep them safe for Florida. That that's what's important. And 
As far as the injuries go, I think Heupel is probably using uh, Cedric Tillman's injury uh, maybe to his advantage because we have no idea how bad it is. I mean, he's been very vague. He's very vague today, you know, kind of saying, oh, we'll know more Wednesday. And then I'm sure Wednesday gets here in the teleconference and he'll say something about, you know, making a decision on Thursday. And it's kind of how he'll play it out. That way Florida doesn't really know what to expect. Whether or not that's a huge advantage, you know, probably not. But that's how college football coaches operate. And and I don't blame them. You kind of get trying to get every little advantage you can. But I sense that that's probably what Heupel's doing with Tillman and some of these other guys that got a little banged up against Akron. Yeah, I, I'm a big uh, hockey fan. I love the National Predators. And in the NHL, this is like league-wide. They, any injury that happens, like you could watch a dude get smashed in the face with a hockey puck and you're watching him like bleed out on the ice. He would go back and then the report would be upper body injury. It would be like, okay, well, we saw him get smashed in the face with a puck. We know it's, it's you know, his face is screwed up, <laughs> you know, but they, it's always upper body injury. It's an upper body injury, mm-hmm. undisclosed. Josh Heupel is basically an NHL coach. It's upper body injury. Well, we saw, you know, we saw what happened. <laughs> it's, it's something, uh, but we just don't know uh, the real nature of it. But just the, yeah, the, the reports that I've heard specifically on, on Tillman, it, it is kind of day to day. Like that's as annoying as that classification is, that's the way that it is. But you just got to think with such a huge game, they're gonna, they're gonna play, right? I mean, that's, that's just how it feels. If, if given the opportunity, like they are a doctor goes, yeah, you could play. It may not be like the best thing you could do, but yes, you could. I just feels like they're going to go right. Like this is just, this is the season right here. I don't want to put too much pressure on this game, but like, this is kind of the season in some sense where I think it's it's the turning point. You beat Florida, and specifically you beat Florida, and you beat LSU. I mean, nine wins is basically in your pocket. And you lose both of them, it's another seven-win season probably. So uh, it's, there's a lot riding on this. Um, and and so I, I personally, my prediction is that they'll all be a go, whether they're actually 100% or not will be the question. Uh, I think, but that, that game had some interesting elements too. Like Jawan Mitchell finally played. Hello, somebody. Uh, we, we finally got to see the ghost that is Jawan Mitchell. And I, I liked the way they looked. I, I, I didn't, you know, you didn't see him make some singular spectacular play. Um, but I think he can help. I think he's a good, uh, a good, uh, depth option. He actually got the start because apparently Jeremy Banks didn't have a good week in practice or something. And so Jawan Mitchell gets the start. And, uh, and yeah, I, I like that you were adding a depth piece, a linebacker. That's really nice against Florida. So, yeah, I mean, there's some to take away from that game. Me and Jonathan Crompton on our, on our game day show, we talked about the Joe Milton Hinden hooker thing. I would, uh, I posted a clip of it yesterday. If you want to hear our conversation about that, I think Crompton's thoughts on that are more useful than me and Zach's, you know, former Vols quarterback, his, his insights, we're great about it. So go, I posted it on the A to Z sports YouTube channel uh, yesterday. Uh, what me and Crump had to say about Hinden hooker and Joe Milton and Joe Milton looking like he finally has touch on the ball. Go look at that. I mean, the general take was Tennessee basically has the best backup quarterback in America. Hinden hooker is your guy. You're not going to, re- you know, there's not some QB controversy here uh, that is going to be sparked by a great performance against Akron. I did try to bait Crompton into, talking about a QB controversy and he would not do it. <laughs> he, he completely refused. 
because he's, you know, a smart guy. Um, but you just, yeah, Hinden has looked rough. Uh, he looked rough at the beginning of the Akron game. And you can't ignore it, but you also go, the guy got his act together, threw two touchdowns. At one point, I believe, made 11 completions in a row. Um, I think that was the his last 11 throws, I think, were all completions. So um, it, he, he got it together. Nonetheless, he's still the, the guy that you got to have lead this team. The players around him believe in him. And, you know, they're not just going to switch to Joe Milton all of a sudden. And I, I don't think anybody was really thinking that. But it was fun to see. Milton Milton has a cannon for an arm, um, which was really cool. But uh, there's your your general thoughts on the Akron game before we move on to our, our three keys for Tennessee uh, to beat Florida. Um, you have your three. I have my three. We'll kind of share and we'll get comments uh, from the folks that are watching. But anything else about the Akron game before we move on to the most important topic in hand here? Yeah, I'm just just kind of glad it's behind us. I'm, I'm I just hate I hate games like that. I mean, yeah, it's fun to watch Tennessee score a bunch of points, but you don't learn much. It's just an opportunity for injuries, kind of like you saw. It's an, it, I mean, it was a great environment. Credit to the fans that showed up. I mean, to sell that place out for the Akron game and to have that kind of environment. It really shows you how excited this fan base is about Josh Heupel, and that's not something that we've seen. I mean, it was their first non-conference sellout since Utah State in 2014, uh, or non-conference, non-Power 5 sellout. I'm sorry, they sold out the Oklahoma game in, in 2015. But your first non-Power 5 non-conference sellout since 2014, and even that game was the season opener. It was a Sunday night. kind of had a big game feel to it for for just kind of the way it was hyped. So, that was impressive from the fans. I think they deserve a lot of credit for showing up and, and packing that place and really, you know, looked good on the uh, ESPN Plus stream, which was kind of uh, frustrating to have, have to kind of watch it in, in that manner. But that that was uh, my biggest takeaway, really, just the way the fans showed up. And and what you yeah. said about Joe Milton, really, you hope you don't have to see him this year. Uh, but the fact that he looks much better than he did last year is really a credit to this coaching staff, Josh Heupel, Alex Golish, the offensive coordinator, Joey Hosley, the, uh, the quarterback's coach. Just, the, you know, hey, quarterback development is something that has been lacking at Tennessee for a long time. I mean, really since since David Cutcliffe left in, in after the 2007 season, uh, set for that one year when Lane Kiffin was in town, we just really haven't seen good quarterback development. So finally that seems to be coming back around. It's it, such a great thing to see actual competency <laughs> yeah just seeing go, progress you know even that, with like yeah, josh Dobbs, that guy you didn't see the progress yes so clearly that guy has taken steps forward not just we knew he had the giant arm that was obvious from day one but to see that he is now smarter with the football that he is more confident with the football now i mean oh my gosh i can't tell you how refreshing that is after all of the garbage with with pruitt and butch and i i like this danny whitson on the uh, Facebook comments, he says, Usain Bolt could not outrun a Joe Milton deep ball. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I would like to see Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt and Joe Milton could probably, if they were both on and, and Milton hits him in stride as fast as Jalen Hyatt is, that could be, uh, they could have some some pretty special moments if, if yeah. need be. You know, you know, Joe Milton might be the starter next year. Who knows well, what happens with Nico and Taven Jackson and, and the whole quarterback situation. We're going to have a quite a quarterback battle to watch next spring, I feel like. Well, and I, and I think speaking of like development, 
just what you've seen from Jalen Hyatt so far this this season, like Ben Ben Hall says Cedric Tillman is not sitting out that game. I tend to agree, but then Danny says with Tillman off the field, the other wide receivers got in on the action and Hyatt had a good game. That's absolutely true. And I think if God forbid Tillman actually ends up being out of this game again, I don't think he will be, but if he does end up being out of this game, you have some guys that have clearly developed Jalen Hyatt probably being primary among them. Uh, where they've really stepped up. And I think you could look and be like, hey, even if our top guy is out, we still got dudes. Uh, Brew McCoy, I think you're week, week over week, you're expecting more from him. And I think he has a ton of talent that's yet to be completely unleashed. Um, I, I You even saw Ramel Keaton. He, he got in there. He was the guy that caught the giant bomb uh, from, from Joe Milton. I think he's probably the, not the heir apparent, but I think he's probably who would sub in. Uh, at that point, but Squirrel White also made a really spectacular mm-hmm. catch in that game. Who knows if they're going to try to work him in? I mean, there there are options, even if worst case scenario Tillman uh, is is out. But uh, I think that's the bulk of our thoughts on Akron. We'll probably have more notes from Akron in discussing Florida, but in terms of actually breaking down that game, we'll leave it there. And uh, now we'll get into our uh, our three keys for Tennessee to beat Florida. The three big things Tennessee has to do to beat Florida. Uh, If you have them, if you have thoughts on that, things that Tennessee needs to do to beat Florida, drop them in the comments on on YouTube, Facebook. We'll get to them. Uh, And before we we get to that entire discussion, I got to tell you about Superbook Sports. Football is back. Nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands and now they will match 100% of uh, your first bet up to $1,000 no matter if they no, no matter if the bet wins or loses you don't have to be in Nashville or Knoxville to enjoy football this fall visit superbook.com or download the Superbook Tennessee app right now and start getting in on all the action visit superbook.com for terms and conditions if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-889-9789 Eight nine. That is Superbook Sports and Zach. I looked at Superbook this morning. Tennessee is in on Superbook. I think it may be different in other places. Is an eleven point favorite over Florida. So we'll discuss the Florida game from that point of view. But I'll I'll ask you this first. Here's a screenshot of just one bet that I took. This is kind of the other bigger game this weekend. Arkansas is actually an underdog. Against Texas A&M, I, maybe because it's sort of a home game. Although, I, well, I say this, Arkansas almost lost to Missouri State over the yeah. weekend. Yeah, Texas A&M beat Miami. It's at it's at Jerry Jerry World in Dallas. Are you taking Texas A&M minus two and a half? You taking Arkansas plus two and a half in that one, you think? Mm, that's tough. It, before last week, I probably would have taken Arkansas, but I think I would go with, with Texas A&M in this one. I mean, J- Jimbo is such a strange guy where or strange coach where he'll lose some inexplicable game and then he'll probably go later this season and almost beat Alabama or something just insane like that so I'll go with Texas A&M in that one I think I'll I'll, I'll go opposite of that it's our okay. Arkansas to me they're they're laying three points uh KJ Jefferson I think probably you know they they sort of got their butt kicked by Missouri in some sense I mean they were down by like 10 points in the fourth quarter in that game so I think they kind of get it get it back on track and they lay the wood to Texas A&M. I don't know if they beat them by a bunch, but that they end up winning that game personally. 
But uh, go to Superbook Sports, download that app. Did I say did I say the name wrong earlier, Zach? You sports. You said sportsbook on. You texted me and you said sportsbook, and I was like, I believe what? I probably said the name wrong then. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I just I want to make sure it is Superbook Sports. It is not sportsbook. Yeah, I, I thought you you texted me and I, I was like, wait, did I pronounce it wrong? Don't worry about it. Anyway, now. Florida. There's so much to unpack as far as this game goes because there's a ton of stuff that's not even on the field related that weighs into this game, I feel like. Mm -hmm. A ton of it's between the ears here. Mm -hmm. So I think you start this discussion right there. Shedding the mentality of, of the mystique of Florida, of the we can't beat Florida, of you know, God hates us and strikes us down every time that we try to beat Florida. Like they're just some sort of thing always gets in the way it, it feels like. So as far as this discussion goes, we can give our breakdown and we're going to on, you know, ten- what Tennessee has to do. But there is that element of like, <laughs> it's, it almost feels out of your control where it's like Tennessee could play the best game possible. Florida could field a team of middle schoolers and still somehow, like Florida will figure out a way. I come from that point of view. It's sad at this point because I feel like everything is so optimistic around Tennessee. But how are you in that headspace, Zach, where you're just like, uh-huh, please just let this not be the one where we are so clearly better and yet still somehow we screw this up? Or are you are you feeling a little more optimistic, Zach? I feel, I don't. I mean, I feel more optimistic, but I, I mean, I say that before uh, the Monday of every Florida game week, so I don't know how much that really means. But I kind of look at it like you break it down into different segments. You know, it's it's been since two thousand four, and Tennessee's only beat Florida once since two thousand four, since that James Wilhoyt kick uh, in, in Neyland to to win that game. You've got the downfall of Philip Fomer combined with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow and those teams. I mean, Florida was clearly the better team, best team in the country those years. Then you've got the Will Muschamp era, which Tennessee should have won a couple of those games. You know, a couple of those Florida teams were pretty good, but towards the end, they, you know, they struggled. Tennessee had the talent to beat Florida in 2012, but you've got a Derek Dooley led team with a Sal Sinceri defense that was just brutal. Then you've got, you know, Butch Jones kind of overlapping with Muschamp and Jim McElwain. And, you know, they they get one, but they should have won in 2014. Tennessee outplayed Florida in 2014, lost by one point. You know, they, they kicked three field goals. They are in the red zone all day and never scored a touchdown. 2015, similar, I believe they lost by a point. Even 2017, a terrible Tennessee team should have beat that Florida team. They lose on that, that last second pass. So Antonio Callaway it went streaking down the sideline there. So you've got... Just these freak things that lined up with not good coaches. I think Florida destroyed Pruitt by multiple scores every game they played. Uh, and and Dan Mullen kind of had his number there. I think it's just a bunch of stuff that's added up. And, and then it's just like, okay, not every situation is the same. Not every game they lost for the same reasons. It was just Tennessee's going through coaches, and they were just a little worse than, than Florida at times. Or the coach was a little worse, whatever the case. So I don't think that mental block should be there, but I can understand why it would be for Tennessee's players. But you got a, a staff that they haven't been a part of that. Most of these players haven't been a part of that. You got a lot of players that have transferred in. 
you know, maybe they recognize that the Pruitt era was kind of rough and, and this is a new era. Like they're, they're playing with confidence. They can store points. Florida's looked a little shaky this year. They, they played Utah well and, and beat them in a game that a lot of people thought Florida would lose. So they get off to a good start. Then you lose to a Kentucky team that we're still trying to figure out how good that Kentucky team is. Um, we know they're better than, than, than traditional Kentucky teams have been. And then they look shaky uh, against South Florida, and they kind of get some things that go their way at the end of that game, the fumbled snap, the terrible play call. You know, if that long field goal goes in, you know, maybe they, they tie the game. I mean, it's, it's a game that Tennessee should win, but I do think there's a part of me that's like, okay, what's going to happen? What is going to happen at the end of this game that the ball bounces Florida's way and Tennessee just has this terrible luck? I mean, what what's it going to be? I mean, you see the way Florida lost to LSU, I believe, in 2020 when uh, the, the, the shoe. The shoe, the yeah. Shoe throw. It's like, why, you know, Tennessee has not got luck like that against Florida since 2004 when, when Jonathan Wade and Dallas Baker are going at it on the sidelines, yeah. literally in front of the officials, and, and Wade, you know, kind of slaps it at Baker's helmet first. And Baker retaliates and gets the penalty, and that changes the whole outcome of that game. Possibly, you know, that was the last time I remember getting Tennessee getting a break like that against Florida. So it's like, okay, when is something going to go Tennessee's way? Well, um, I, I think so. I I bring this up to say that this is not going to be included. In, I don't think in either one of our three no. keys to the game, but it's just sort of an overarching thing that Heupel and this team have to just. They can't be in that headspace. I and I actually like uh, <laughs> crazy nugs here. He said, "Charlie, that's your mental stuff. Stop projecting it onto our guys. It's new year, new team." Um, I 100% agree. It is my own mental stuff. It it comes from 15 years of watching Tennessee and he's somehow right. blow this game while being the better team. He's um, right. I don't think this team has that same mindset based yes. on the comments we heard today from various I agree. players. And and this. That has to actually be true. And I just want to start there. That's a foundation. You have to be in the right headspace with this game. There can't be, like, I, and, and you know, it, it almost annoys me, although it needs to be true. You know, they go out there and the reporters are going to ask them, like, this is the Florida game. You know, here's all the mythos around it. Does, do you treat this any differently? And, of course, they're going to go, no, it's the same. We're going to treat the game just like every other week. They're going to say that same stuff. But we all know, like, this is not. This is not an every single week game. Not every game has as much meaning. Not every game has as much hype as this game is going to have. Not every game has as much impact on possibly the future of the coach of this football team as this game has. Like, there's just a ton riding on this game. And yeah, they could say that publicly. But behind the scenes, they're going to know that. And the thing that has to happen, like I said, this isn't one of our three keys, but it's just true. They have to overcome that. Because fact is, the pressure is on Tennessee in this game. Florida is ranked lower. Florida is not expected to win this game. Tennessee is an 11-point favorite in this game. And I do believe, from what we've seen so far with Josh Heupel, he is the guy that could bring the mentality that this team needs. He's so even-keeled. And it just really seems like he... I don't want to say he doesn't give a crap, but he just in some of the stuff that he does where he just relentlessly runs the system 
that he runs. He doesn't give a crap whether you like it or not. He's he's running that system. He's gonna run a you know a speed option while up by forty points against Akron. Like he does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's gonna he's gonna play the game that he's gonna play. And so let's just start there. You got to have a different mindset. I crazy nugs. You're you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It's a new year. It's a new team. It's a new coach. We got to have a new mindset and and come in from there. And that's that's my baseline where we need to start this discussion. And then we can get into the actual on the field stuff. I think you got to win the head game. That's Mm -hmm. a given. And then let's talk about what are the three things that Tennessee needs to do to win this game. Uh, Zach, we'll, we'll start off with your, your first, and then I'll, I'll give one of mine. I think the, I mean, the main key for me is Anthony Richardson and, and what he can do with his legs. I know he hasn't run a lot since the Utah game. Uh, he didn't really run against Kentucky. He only had, I think, 24 yards against South Florida. Seems like he's a little banged up, too. So maybe that was part of the reason how healthy is he in this game. I don't know, but Tennessee struggled with the running quarterbacks for years. And they struggled last year uh, against running quarterbacks under Josh Heupel. They haven't really had a big threat yet. DJ Irons from Akron, fast guy, probably going to transfer from Akron and be a quarterback maybe in the SEC. Uh, good Aaron Murray certainly wants that guy to transfer based on the broadcast uh, Saturday night as much as he talked about it. But, you know, they, they've been hurt by, by mobile quarterbacks. How does this defense hold up against Anthony Richardson? Because – you know, if Tennessee's playing well in the secondary and they're kind of taking away some of his reads, he's going to have an opportunity to run. I, mean, I really believe that that's going to happen despite the fact that, that it didn't happen against South Florida. So how well can they contain him? I think Aaron Beasley, linebacker for Tennessee, will be key in this game. I think that's yeah. the guy that you want kind of following Richardson around. Um, he's played really well this year, but this is going to be a huge test for him we can see how valuable he really is to this team. So to me, the first key is just stopping Anthony Richardson uh, uh, from picking up a third and nine situation that just breaks the back of your defense. I mean, that is just the soul crushing thing that can happen, especially if you're like close to midfield and you're thinking they're going to punt in that situation and he breaks off a 15 yard run. Then suddenly all the momentum's with Florida, your defense is getting tired. Uh, and that can totally change a game. I mean, we've seen it happen plenty in this series uh, specifically. So to me, that's that's the biggest key of the game for me. That was uh, one of mine also. I mean, just containing Anthony Richardson. You keep him in the pocket. You keep him throwing. The man has not thrown a, a passing touchdown this season. He mm-hmm. hasn't done it. Joe Milton has three more passing touchdowns than Anthony Richardson has in the little bit of time that Joe Milton has played. Like, it's crazy how... Limited they become when you keep Anthony Richardson from running. I think that's almost the entire game because if he runs and he's running on you and they beat you on the ground, that's nightmare scenario for Tennessee. I think the development of Aaron Beasley is so huge. I don't think that can be understated because he's going to be so key. Last year against running quarterbacks, you remember like the Ole Miss game, just like Jeremy Banks could not handle it. They were trying. Mm -hmm. God bless his soul. He was trying out there. It wasn't working. Like Ole Miss, who? What's the kid's name? I always Matt forget. Corral. Matt Corral. He he ran to oh, China and back. That was Tennessee. frustrating. Oh my gosh! And whatever it takes, you gotta you gotta get back there. You gotta have him here in footsteps. You gotta you gotta have him thinking that if he rolls out, he's gonna get hit immediately. Like they're they're just 
has to be that, you know, hanging over his head that entire game. Now, there is the factor, apparently, he is injured, he says. Um, that was the excuse that he made after the game to say why he's not playing so hot, is that he's kind of on a bum ankle, I think, is what yeah. he said. Um, and look, and, maybe maybe that's the case. And yeah, I, I feel like... And this I mean, that feels really... like the game if he's actually hurt. Like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could I mean, be that's key. huge for Tennessee, if so. But I feel like they're folks are kind of downplaying Richardson after the last two weeks. I know after the Utah game, I was kind of guilty of this. The national media was heavy on him, going just going crazy over his little fake jump pass and kind of what he did against Utah. And then he hasn't really shown that these last two weeks uh, against teams that we didn't think were as good as Utah. I don't think that you can just rule out Anthony Richardson being a dynamic player. I think yeah. Tennessee has to prepare like this is a superstar player and they're going to see the same Anthony Richardson that they did against Utah. Because the moment you sleep on this kid, it's going to be this miraculous performance that, you know, is just typical of this series. And, and I'm not predicting that that's what's going to happen, but I, I hope Tennessee is preparing in that manner. Like, okay, this guy can really hurt us. We have to focus on this. And, Saw Danny mentioned. Do you do you run it? Do you put a spy on him? I think they probably will. Pat Narduzzi suggested that Tennessee was spying Slovis in the first half of that game, and Slovis wasn't really as as big of a running threat as Richardson. So, and and they were using Jeremy Banks. I would use Beasley uh, for the reasons you mentioned as far as the Ole Miss game. But if they spied Slovis, I would say they're probably going to spy Richardson and then if his if his ankles if he shows that he's not able to to be elusive you know maybe they switch up the game plan and adjust uh Tim Banks can can handle that I'm sure but I would think that they will start the game spying him whatever it takes I don't care who it is if it's Jeremy Banks again excellent I I don't care where it comes from but that's ah, just so huge in terms of stopping Florida if you stop Richardson, does that automatically mean you're winning this game? No, it doesn't. They they have weapons, but uh, that one will go further than any other, mm -hmm. without a doubt. Now, my uh, my second key to the game, and and I think this was one that we split on. I don't think we shared this one, Zach. Uh, to me, this one is just absolutely massive. Also, you gotta play a clean game mistake free Tennessee's had a lot of penalties in the last two weeks and and just shot themselves in the foot and shot themselves in the foot constantly in that Pittsburgh game and you cut that out that's going to make a massive difference like when you get the opportunity to break the game open like they had against Pittsburgh on multiple occasions take it don't screw up don't fumble the football Jalen Wright don't muff a punt don't whatever it might be clean a clean game will go so far now i'm hoping that the Neyland advantage here sold out it's going to be insane uh you know the the atmosphere in there is just going to be absolutely crazy with the checkered Neyland and everything and so hopefully that works in tennessee's favor they come out focused not not too amped up um and and play a, a clean game and i would say also include in that a complete game on top of being a clean game this is almost another key altogether, but it sort of goes hand in hand. Um, like Hinden Hooker has in the last couple of games come out real rough, come out blazing. You need to punch these dudes in the mouth right from the jump. That I think that's so huge in this one. 
is getting a lead, not working from behind. Uh, Tennessee certainly is built to work from behind because of how fast they score. That's fine, but just don't do it. <laughs> like, just just get out ahead, make it 14-0, shock them right off the top, and then make them work from behind. And I think playing playing clean goes along with that. Don't have drops where you, you've had them early in games recently with some of your best players. Like, all of that. Get it cleaned up, get focused, and and be ready to go. And that playing a clean game can get you out in front early, and that can lead you to a, a, a good win there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that this team, they against Akron, and there was reasons for it. It was I can't say that Jimmy Callaway was wise for throwing punches. You can't do that because you can't put yourself in a position where you might not be able to help the team. I mean, uh, that's just you get ejected from the game. What good are you to your team? But I also understand their frustration, the way Akron was playing. A lot of stuff you didn't see during the broadcast that, that people have yeah. mentioned, uh, just things away from the ball that were going on. I mean, they're diving at knees. It's just the game's being played that way. It gets chippy, but you got to control your emotions, especially against Florida. has the potential to get real chippy. Uh, these teams aren't going to like each other. And it's going to show on the field, and you you can't you know get a unsportsmanlike penalty after you've had a third down stop that gives them a free first down. I mean, that's just bat breaking. It's just like giving up a long run to the quarterback. So definitely agree with that. And my number two thing kind of was in that same vein as – I kind of narrowed it down, though, specifically to special teams because I feel like Tennessee's look kind of rough on special teams. Uh, you've had the muff punt from Trayvon Flowers. Don't know if he's going to be the punt returner moving forward. So we saw some different options on Saturday against Akron. But you've also had a punt blocked. You had one really close to getting blocked against Akron. I don't know if that's a protection issue. I know Hypo pointed out that they didn't block a guy uh, against Pittsburgh when they had that blocked punt or it could be the punter as far as his timing how many steps he's taking I mean there's a lot that goes into that but that's got to get cleaned up I mean special teams has looked kind of shaky you haven't really seen a huge punt return uh they almost broke one uh, was it square white I believe had yeah. a pretty decent return maybe Which, we'll see more of him returning punts instead yes. of Trayvon Flowers I I, uh, I, I wonder if they shy away from trusting a freshman like that, that's a very, very important role. Yeah, to play, I mean, but it'll be interesting to see who they go with. Yeah, but uh, either way, both sides on special teams, you've got to clean that up. You can't like Florida. Billy Napier kind of places a special importance on special teams. I, if you read anything I write on the website, you know I've kind of given Billy Napier a hard time for some of the things he says and some of the ways he comes off. Some some Butch Jones like things where he calls a special teams coordinator a game changer coordinator but one thing about butch jones is special teams was pretty good whenever he was at tennessee there's lots of block yeah. punts i mean they did they did that that won them some games it almost uh won them the georgia game i believe the first year he was in knoxville and napier kind of puts focus in that same area so this could be the toughest special teams test that tennessee faces i know it's not something you talk a lot about but a block punt return for a touchdown i mean it changes the game and they're gonna have to be they're gonna have to protect better than they did against akron absolutely uh it's massive um kind of again kind of another thing that goes along playing a clean game i mean a muff punt can't happen speaking of special teams like that it was just such a huge turning point in that pit game where you were probably gonna go in and get a double digit 
lead if Flowers doesn't muff that punt. Like, it's a game changer. Speaking of game changing coordinators, <laughs> like special teams can change a game. Absolutely. So, uh, two down. My final uh, key to this game is run the damn ball. You got to run the ball effectively in this game. It has to happen. And strangely, I don't really want to say this, but it's pretty much how I feel. Jalen Wright being forced into primary action is, is probably better for Tennessee. I think he's better than Jabari Small. I think it's marginal. Jabari Small is effective, and he's a great senior leader. I think Jalen Wright is a more talented running back. So I I don't know if how much Small will be in this game. Again, the sort of reports are that he'll probably play, but maybe, you know, not 100%. Um. But if you win this game on the ground, Florida gave up 300 yards rushing against USF. 300. If you win this game on the ground, you will beat Florida. Because the thing is, is that on the, on the flip side, you are better than USF. So if you go for 300 yards against Florida, you're winning that game. Because USF did it, and they almost won that game. So you win this thing on the ground. Because if you win it on the ground, you're also going to win it in the air. I mean, that's Hypo style. It really, he he almost prides himself on the run, even though the, the pass game is really his signature thing. If the run's not working, the pass doesn't work so well. So you free up the run. You're going to free up the pass. Tennessee's offense is going to work better. Complimentary football all the way around. Just get those puzzle pieces fitting together, and Tennessee will win this football game. I, I, I think... Tennessee goes for 200 plus on the ground between Hendon Hooker and and Jalen Rye, Javari Small, whoever touches the football back there. 200 plus Tennessee's winning this football game. They can win it without doing that. I think they can. The Tennessee is that much better in this game. I think they can. But to me, 200 plus is almost a guaranteed win. I would put it that way. Just in in my assessment of what's happening here. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I've that's kind of my third key too. It's not specifically running the ball. It has to do more with the specific play, but I do think you you got to pick those yards up to force Florida to kind of play more guys in the box so you can get those over the top shots. I mean, we've yeah, seen defenses exactly. playing Tennessee more that way to try to limit that damage, and it's it's worked somewhat. Tennessee's still putting a lot of points on the board, but you haven't seen as many splash plays, especially early in the game. Uh, once the game against Akron was kind of out of hand, Joe Milton was in the game, and things opened up a little more. So that's that's obviously going to be key, and Josh Heupel says it a lot. Like, everything starts with their run game. I mean, that's what makes everything operate cleaner and better. Um, for me specifically, I like that speed option play that they ran against Akron yeah. uh, with Dylan Sampson. I thought that was a nice little wrinkle. Uh, I saw somebody brought up earlier in the comments, like, do you think that they'll use that against Florida or are they just trying to put it on film to make Florida prepare for something else? Uh, I tend to think it's it's more that they are, they will use it against Florida. And I say that because you had Dylan Sampson, a true freshman, that was running that with Hendon Hooker. So I think they wanted to get him some live game reps. He's got probably the best speed uh, of the running backs that can kind of get out there on the edge and really – turn that into a big gain. I mean, the way that he scored on, I mean, to break that out on fourth and four, they wanted to see if it would work. Uh, and it did. It worked to perfection. 
unfortunately Hooker got hit low, but he was okay. I do think that's something that that Hypo is kind of incorporating into the offense. I mean, he's always going to evolve. He's seeing how teams are playing Tennessee early in the season. He's adjusting to that. You know, he's throwing some different wrinkles in there. I think that's going to be one of them. And, you know, that's something else that they haven't put on tape a ton. So I don't think there's going to be any giveaways. Maybe if Samson's on the field, they're a little more aware of it. So you kind of have to mix that in or mix Samson in and use him in some different ways. But I don't think there's any like dead giveaways that Florida's going to see them lined up a certain way and say, okay, this is an option play. You know, we're going to sell out to stop this. And, um, you know, maybe if maybe Tennessee's worked on something too to kind of maybe give that look and go to something else, you know, who knows? Heupel's the mastermind there behind all that. But I do think that's a play that can be really beneficial against this team and kind of open things up in the running game. I mean, Tennessee's had some moments where they've, kind of struggled to find room running between the tackles they'll break off a couple then you'll have a couple of two three yard gains especially early in the game we've seen that perhaps this is a way to get things going a little little quicker i i hope they do i said it earlier getting off the blocks early is is a massive part of this game too i mean the (laughs) the overarching theme of all of this is just tennessee has to play well tennessee has to play to the level that we know they can they can play to we know Hendon Hooker is an elite quarterback. Play to that. We know that Tennessee can run the ball effectively. Play to that. We know that these wide receivers can be absolute monsters. Play to that. And the defense, all the same. They're going to give up points. It's a given in this game. But play up to the level that, especially like in that Pittsburgh game where you were really pressuring the quarterback just on his back the whole time. Make sure that you're playing to that level. Like if, if there is any game where you could do that, it's this one at home, insane, raucous crowd, it, everything working in your favor. As far as that goes, like this is the game all out, leave it all out there, boys, uh, please. Now, now Zach, we, we didn't exactly define it. What's, what was your third key? Oh, the, the speed option play that was okay. You, yeah. Utilizing that was. specific play. Yes. So, so we had just, just to recap my, my three were Tennessee has to play clean game. We both said contain Anthony Richardson, and then I said run the ball effectively. It's huge. And then you had contain Anthony Richardson, and your last two were the speed option and playing clean on special teams. Special teams. So there you go. There's our three keys to the game. Um, it it is interesting. We've had. Uh, I'm just watching the comments over here. It's just like conversations happening in the, in the comments. Uh, appreciate everybody watching. Um, but we we have Big Ten Jeff. He's watching, and his take was that this is an easy win for Tennessee. And it's really interesting to me to see a a third party fan mm-hmm. assess this game as just like, yeah, Tennessee is going to win. Like Tennessee is clearly so much better. And then translating as a Tennessee fan, where I'm like, but what if what if Florida's backup quarterback comes in and plays like a Heisman winner? Like that's. That's the thing that runs into this. It's such a strange thing, right? I mean, (laughs) you take the uniforms off, and uh, who knows where Florida goes under Billy Napier. I don't know. It's very early in his tenure. We'll see how it plays out. Nobody really knows how that's going to go. He might win a national championship there. Uh, But for now, I feel like Tennessee is the better team. Based on what we've seen, Heupel's a year ahead of Napier in the rebuild. The offense is more dynamic. We've seen Florida with some issues. You put a... South Carolina uniform on 
these guys on Saturday and it feels like it's a 21 point win and you're not even sweating it. Right. Like it's like playing Missouri. hundred percent. But the fact that there's that gator on the helmet and they're the history, it just feels totally different. At least, at least from like a fan perspective, you know, I think the players feel a lot differently. If the exact but, same series of games had happened for South Carolina and then Tennessee was playing South Carolina this week, the, the exact same series of games, the exact same players. But like you said, South Carolina jersey on their back. Yeah, I'm I'm predicting a 14-point minimum win in this one. It's crazy, that mental side of this whole thing. You just can't discount it. So, uh, oh, and, I, and even on that point, I'm doing everything that I can. I, I meant to say this earlier in the show, but Zach, this shirt um, that I have on here, just it's an orange polo shirt for anyone that's only listening. This is the shirt that I was wearing. On September 24th, 2016, when Tennessee beat Florida, I'm wearing it today on this show uh, to get good vibes, good vibes everywhere. This is, I'm sending it out into the universe. We, this is, you know, everything you can do for good luck. Then we're wearing it on Saturday too. Going to make sure that the stars are aligned in every single way possible. I'm I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious, uh, just like Michael Scott. So, um, there is that. Now let's talk, Zach, a couple more things before we go. We're going to predict the game, uh, and, and give our, our final score prediction. Let's talk about how this is a giant recruiting weekend for Tennessee, kind of in multiple ways to me, because not only are there big players visiting, but I think really just situationally, like you win this game in front of those official visitors. It's unbelievably impressive. And I think you win a lot of points there, but also you win this game. And I think you are well on your way to a nine win season. And then you get a nine win season in year two for Josh Heupel. How much does that sell to recruits? That's so, so big. I mean, the, the season as a whole is the bigger thing, but this game is the beginning of getting to that nine win season to me. So this was huge. You you kind of looked up some some of the guys that are gonna be there. We're we're not gonna get into probably breaking down individual players, but there's a number of important guys here, Zach. If you have that list, just to name a few here. Yeah, you know, Devin Hobbs and Aiden Williams. You got some commits coming in. Jonathan Eccles, um, Mario Craver, who uh, Tennessee feels like they're probably gonna get. Uh, several other players, Ron Wingo. Uh, Boo Carter, a lot of guys. I mean, it's a huge weekend. You got to think you're going to get a couple of these guys. They're probably some of them already leaning towards Tennessee. My goodness, you go in that atmosphere. The game's going to finish. It's going to be dark by the time it finishes because college football games last six hours these days. It seems like it's going to be an insane atmosphere. And Tennessee's had some good atmospheres over the years. But if you can have that atmosphere and then the wind to go with it and the celebration that's going to happen in front of those players if Tennessee wins. I mean, you're probably talking about storm in the field. I mean, that's probably happening if Tennessee wins this game, right? I mean, you got to think only the second time since 2004. And for the recruits that are there, you kind of hope that does happen. Because imagine seeing that if you're a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old even, a high school student, and you're like, man, this is – like, I could play here. I could play in front of this and be a part of this. Like, that's the passion that's going to be there 
I mean, I, I can't imagine a better scenario for Tennessee recruiting-wise than winning this game in front of all the guys who are going to be in town this weekend. Yeah, it's it's huge. And uh, like you mentioned there, uh, like, De, do you say Davin? Davin Hobbs? I think that's um D-A-E-V-I-N, Hobbs. Um, but like, just as an example, he actually just today on three rejiggered their rankings. And I believe he went from a four star to a five star and he went from kind of leaning towards North Carolina to being like, all right, I'm going to go play in the sec. His mentality kind of has changed in recent weeks. Um, it's a battle between Tennessee and Alabama and you know, it's not likely that Tennessee is going to beat Alabama this year. But Alabama, just like every year, they're going to have a packed recruiting class with five stars. And if you win this game impressively, you give this kid the weekend of his life and show him one of the most impressive, and in my opinion, the most impressive atmosphere in all of college football, and you go and get yourself a five-star player this weekend, it's it's moves like that that can happen. I think the conversation is going on in the comments here about Carnell Tate, um, where I believe Mark Jones thinks we will flip Carnell Tate. Jeff, the uh, the big ten, the Ohio State fan, uh, obviously does not want to see that happen. But I think a win like this, if you're going to, you know, win the long game with Carnell Tate, because that was never just going to be like, oh, he posts something on Instagram. Now he's a Tennessee commit. It's going to be all season long where you're wearing mm -hmm. him down, wearing him down, wearing him down, and wearing him down. Starts this weekend. Start with a giant win over Florida. Start with becoming a top 10 team. Because you know who's a top 10 team? Ohio State. So you got to get up there with Ohio State. Make yourself known and and really become relevant again in college football. And I, I, I just, I, I don't think that you can really downplay how big this stretch is here. The Florida game is not the be-all, end-all. Because you could... It will be painful, but you could lose this week. Go win in L go win at LSU. Still finish with nine wins. Like it can still happen. Losing this game is not the end of the world, even though it will be extremely painful. Um, but there is more riding on the line than just a nine-win season. It's kind of the point of just this conversation. Is just how kind of earth moving a win over Florida could be for Tennessee right now. Because you get <clears throat> Nico already being there. Nico working his magic, recruiting guys. You get another couple, four or five stars in this class. Set that foundation. They come in in years, you know, years later. They make your team that much better. I mean, it just, it all begins here. It's like, it's like with the offensive line. Everything begins with the offensive line in the trenches. Recruiting is the trenches of building a program. You got to win in the trenches here. Like, this is... The, I mean, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. It's the beginning of the end of where this program is going to go. And again, not to put too much pressure on what's happening here. I feel like I'm talking it up crazily. But this is just, I mean, this is probably the biggest game that you're going to have the best chance to win all season long. Like, yeah, Alabama's coming kneeling. What's the chance that you're really going to beat Alabama this year? I think it's more possible than it's been in recent years. But still, it's Nick Saban. And so you have this opportunity this weekend that you have to take advantage of. And and that it just adds to that pressure that's on Josh Heifel. But I, th I think it's real. I think it needs to get brought up and talked about. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's it, it's your one chance to really have that 
signature moment that has escaped past Tennessee coaches, right? I mean, you always look for these early signs that a coach is going to be very successful and build momentum early. And you don't want to keep on like, okay, he, he needs a year or two. He's got to get his guys in. He needs this or that. And you kind of make excuses for why you lose this game. Well, there is no excuse to lose this game. I mean, no, it's not your favorite. It's a first year coach at Florida. It, you know, they're the ones that should be making excuses for Billy Napier if they lose, you know, oh, Tennessee's in their second year. They got a great offense. You know, Florida will get there. Like, you want to flip the script on that. So this is, you know, Tennessee's been in this position so many times. I mean, 2011 at Florida, you felt like good things were going to happen there. And then uh, Justin Hunter tears his ACL and things just kind of go downhill from there. 2014, Butch has the perfect opportunity to beat Florida and, and just doesn't get it done. You know, Florida comes out on top by a point. And Jeremy Pruitt never really got close. I mean, you you keep having these chances. Somebody's got to come through. And it's got to. This is Heupel's chance to show that the hype is legitimate. Everything that Tennessee's building is legitimate. This isn't just a flash in the pan. Just you know, one hit wonder type deal where he he had a gimmicky offense that people like to say and and scored a bunch of points last year. Like this is his chance to prove he has staying power as a head coach in the SEC. It's it's the most important game Tennessee's played in at least since 2016, if not longer. I think yeah. in 2016, a lot of fans kind of already had that feeling that Butch wasn't going to be the guy. And those games against Florida and Georgia just kind of was like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong. You know, this is playing out a little different. And then the rest of the season unfolded. Uh, you know, Hypo hasn't given any red flags at this point. And losing this game really would be one. I think, I mean, it's just a game that you have to win. And there's, like I said, there's zero excuse to lose it. So you got to get it done. There's just no other way around it. And just, if it's, it's such a, such a turnover in a game where it's a 14 point swing, a turnover in the red zone. It's the same thing. I mean, you win this game, you got all this momentum, the recruits you talked about, they're going to be there. It's everything's going the right direction. You lose this game to a Florida team that you should beat, And all of a sudden, questions are popping up and it's like okay well when is Tennessee going to be Florida then if they don't beat them this year when are they going to beat them when when is this going to turn around like it's going to be a pretty hopeless feeling I feel like I I don't want to put that much onus on it where it's like you lose this game when are you ever going to be Florida I think you'll be almost right back in this position next year even if you lose to them where I think Tennessee is still the better team and you're you know Joe Milton will likely be your starting quarterback. He's looking good. Like, you'll be right back here. You have another recruiting class under your belt, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not the end of the world. But this does, does this not just feel like a, I, I this is the way that I put it to Crump. It's a fork in the road. He didn't agree with this. He actually said, like, he was like, oh, this is not going to define Josh Heupel. This is not, I'm like, in so, this single game is not gonna, it's going to be a series of games. But, like, people look back on the Butch era and they go, that guy sucked, but he beat Florida. You know, <laughs> like, there's there's that much importance on this game at this point when you've lost 16 in the last 17. It has that much pressure on it. And and I think this this can be an inflection point where if you lose, and especially if you lose, like, embarrassingly, if it's really close and you lose on a last-second field goal and it's just, you know, bad bounces or something, like, that's one thing. But per se, you get like beat. 
this is a point where we kind of go like, okay, what was that? What's up? And I'm not saying that's going to happen. On paper, this is a double-digit win for Tennessee. <laughs> Let's start there. But like, it, it just feels like a fork in the road that's going to be a game that we look back on and we go like, you remember when Josh Heupel won that game? That was the beginning of the mm-hmm. of what Josh Heupel ultimately built. That's what this feels like. That's what I hope it ends up becoming, is that we look back two years from now, you're going to the SEC championship game finally again, and you look back and you go like, the beginning of this was that Florida game. He met the moment. He stepped up and and in front of all of these fans and in front of every single eyeball in the college football world and in front of all of these recruits, Josh Heupel took the moment and led Tennessee to a double-digit win over Florida when he needed to. And that's that's what I hope that this is. And just think of how exciting that, like I'm getting chills saying that. Think of that excitement. And then losing this game would be that in terms of disappointment. Like that that much excitement except translated to disappointment. And so I, uh, I, all of that to say, I'm incredibly nervous. There's tons writing on this, not just in the game, but also recruiting as we've been saying. And I'm, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to put that much on it, but I, I have a hard time avoiding it. Right. No. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, there's no, I mean, it is what it is. It's the Florida game. It's the biggest game of the year. It's a special week. There's a unique feeling this week among in the fan base. No matter how many times Florida's beat Tennessee, this game's always going to mean something. So, yeah, it is on so many levels for the fan base, for Josh Heupel, for these, uh, for recruiting, the kids on the team, uh, the legacy that these guys want to leave behind. I mean, it's Hendon Hooker. He's only at Tennessee for two years, but he can leave being one of the few Tennessee quarterbacks that beat Florida. I mean, this is his last chance to do that. It's Cedric Tillman. Uh, It's a lot of guys on this team's last chance to beat Florida, to kind of set off this new era and and to get it moving in the right direction. Kind of like you said, a moment that you can look back on and say, Hey, that's when it really took off. Uh, It does feel like in a way we are pumping it up a little too much, but at the same time, I mean, all those things are true. Like, that, that those are going to be the takes after the game if they lose or if they win it, it's it's going to go extreme one way or the other there is no like kind of in the middle and part of that's because of the state of florida if this was the florida team that was coming off an sec east division title uh or they had a coach that had been there for three or four years and it, it had a lot of success i mean you feel a little different i mean you feel like okay you know tennessee's not quite there yet get it they'll get there that that's not the Florida that Tennessee's playing. I mean, Florida, they're playing the equivalent of, I don't want to say South Carolina, but because I think Florida's better than South Carolina, but it is kind of in that same range of team. I mean, there's clearly a gap between Florida and Georgia, and, and I really even think Arkansas, and then Florida. Like, there's this big gap, and you you have to beat those teams that are below that line, and they did last year, uh, for the yep. most part. Uh, the Pittsburgh game could have went either way. Old Miss was really good. Also, that game could have went either way. So you you beat these kinds of teams. The Kentucky team you beat last year was better than this Florida team. So you you know you there's just zero reason to lose the game. I mean, unless somebody gets hurt or something crazy happens, uh, which you can't predict, uh, there's just zero excuse for it. Mark Jones it, says it also feels like Billy Napier is kind of downplaying the game this week, which I. Oh, he is interesting 
too. So it, I wonder how that kind of uh, plays into all this. It was, what was the comment? I saw it earlier today. Somebody texted it to me. Yeah. Florida coach Billy Napier on Anthony Richardson's first SEC road game. It's not like we're going to Canada and they're going to change the rules. It's going to be the same game. It's going to be a little louder and just played at a different location. <laughs> that's that's pretty bold for old Napier there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I watched it's just a little louder. It's not like it's not like that big of a deal. I watched the comment in the presser and I really didn't think he was like I don't think he's throwing shade at Tennessee or Neyland or anything like that. Like the comment didn't come either. off like, oh, Neyland's not that loud. It was more like, hey, they play, it's the same game. It's just played in a different field in a different location than where we played this past week or where we'll play next week. It's but it's still the same game with the same rules. Like play within that. Like that's kind of how I took it. And I love throwing no. shade at opposing coaches, but I just didn't. I, I just felt like he's trying to downplay it to his team. Like he's not trying to make it a bigger yeah. game than it really is. I think he is. I if he wanted to really walk in Butch's footsteps, I think he would really play it up. He would go like, "It's the toughest environment in college football, and we're we're horrified. I can't even tell you how great that environment is." And I just, you know, if we lose, then I mean, it's the environment. I mean, look at where we were playing. Like you'd be making excuses before the game ever happened if you were Butch, though. So hey, credit to him. He's not doing that. <laughs> but but I say saying that it's a little louder is. Um, that's bulletin board material. I'll, well, no matter how he meant that, that's bulletin board material for Tennessee, frankly. Um, but uh, I, I was going to say here, Mark Jones said, we're going to the SEC championship game this year. Um, I hope so. Beating Georgia is going to be a pretty tall task. <laughs> um, but that's if Georgia wasn't as good as they are, I think Tennessee, like basically you're asking Tennessee to beat I think once again, probably one of the better college football teams that there's been in the modern era. I think Georgia looks like an absolute machine. Um, and so there's that. If that wasn't the case, I think Tennessee's absolutely a contender for the SEC championship game this year. But Georgia's kind of a, a buzzsaw. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I hope I'm wrong about that. But regardless. Uh, but I do, I think you're um you're right. Like Tennessee can with a win this weekend set itself directly in that number two spot i think you got to be kentucky too but tennessee beats kentucky every year mm -hmm. but like this weekend you're you can say like here we are this is the tennessee's back game right tennessee is back we lit we laid the smack down on florida that's what you're saying with this game if you go out and do that go win by three scores and you can definitely say that you can play a little philip fulmer soundbite and everything Wait, so, sorry, I was reading a comment. Say that uh, again. I said, you go, out, you, go, you go out and beat Florida by 21. You can definitely say Tennessee's back, and you can go play the little Philip Fomer where the balls are back <laughs> sound, uh, sound <laughs> <Yes>. clip. <laughs> yeah. Um, I might personally not go for that, but uh, just because that clip makes me cringe like I'm looking into the sun now. But um, that would be funny. I'm sure people will do that. Uh, but that's that's what you're saying with this game. You're back. Like, you're going to... You you're number 11 in the AP poll this week. You'll be a top 10 team if you beat Florida. And when Tennessee has not been a top 10 team since they beat Florida and they beat Georgia in 2016. Mm -hmm. Like you're back in the serious college football landscape. You're seeing national writers this week. I think they might be getting out a little over their skis. Tennessee has to prove it first, but you're seeing national writers this week. Go like, I, I saw, was it Salee? One of those guys put Tennessee in the top 10. 
Like they were like, this is my real top 10 and Tennessee was number 10. Like people are thinking about Tennessee that at that level, this will just take you into that. We are serious. This is real. Tennessee is back sort of level. When with that in mind, let's yeah. predict the football game. Uh, yeah. Uh, real quick on the rankings. I think some people oh, sure. like to throw Tennessee in the top 10 or top whatever, just because they kind of, they know how Tennessee fans engage with stuff like that. So I think they, it's an easy way for them to get some engagement with some of their polls and, and tapes. So smart strategy, you know, I don't blame them, but yeah, as, as far as this game goes, it's funny is uh, we both we're pretty close last week. We didn't give Tennessee enough credit. I had 52 to three. You had 55 to three. So we, we about nailed Akron's, but we, you know, Tennessee actually put up more than, than we expected. How many times do you predict 50 points for a team? And they, they outscore that. <laughs> they Tennessee covered that spread was 50. Yeah. Tennessee covered. Hey, it's funny. I think it was Jacob Warren tied in for Tennessee said today that, you know, they kind of had a, a slow start to the quarter first quarter but they still end up scoring 63 points he's like yeah i'm glad we've raised the bar from where teams aren't hope you know fans aren't hoping for 28 points in the game anymore they're hoping for 28 points in the first quarter and so we've they've kind of raised the expectations which is i mean that's where you want to be right like you want you expect tennessee to score a lot of points and if tennessee doesn't score almost 30 points in the first quarter everybody's like well, what's wrong with tennessee's offense and that's just you know all that matters is final score. But as far as Florida, yeah, I picked – I can't remember if I picked in the preseason. I don't think I have that here. If I picked Tennessee to win this – actually, here it is. I uh, I did pick Tennessee to win this game when we went through uh, our uh, preseason prediction. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with Tennessee winning this game, and I think they'll uh, – I don't know if they'll score like they did against Akron. I, I think, you know, Florida's got more talent than Akron, obviously. And Just slightly. Florida also, they only ran they only ran like 40 some plays against South Florida. So it seems like there might be less possessions for Tennessee as long as Florida's kind of like running the ball and kind of sitting on it a little bit, letting the clock run out. I'm gonna go Tennessee uh wins 34 to 23. 34 23. I like it. So before in the preseason, my policy for years now, going back to 2016, this dates back beyond that because I was doing shows back then too. My policy with the Florida game because of history is that Tennessee loses to Florida until they don't. So across the board, Tennessee's losing to Florida in my mind. I know it's a defeatist mindset. Also, I have been right 16 of the last 17 years. Okay. That's where it comes from. But I, and, and we already, we mentioned Kentucky there. I have the exact flip for Kentucky. You beat Kentucky 30 of the last 33 years. Tennessee's beating Kentucky until they don't. And I've been right about that almost every year. It's just logical to me, right? But I did say preseason. If Tennessee showed me an extremely compelling reason, that they would win this game, I will change my mind. I'm not an idiot. Uh, I said if they smashed Pittsburgh, that that would be the thing. Tennessee did not do that. 
Although I think they definitely could have. They were on the cusp of doing that. I think they were close to winning by two plus touchdowns there. If they would have just not made some of the egregious mistakes that they did. But really, to me, the thing that might change my mind now is how bad Florida looks. They like they don't look good on offense. Anthony Richardson is not some Heisman winner. He can't throw the football. Um, and that's one thing. You also have Florida's star linebacker in this game. Their six-year linebacker is likely out. I think they said he's like day-to-day, but uh, I, from what I, I tried to look it up, and it seems like he's more likely than not not playing in this game. So I think you'll be able to run the ball. And with all of that said, No, you're struggling. (laughs) With all of that said. There's a battle going on inside of Charlie right now. Florida wins this football game 38 to 35. I can't do it. They didn't give me enough reason. I just can't. Just not yet. If if Hinden had looked, if Hinden had played complete games and he hadn't come out struggling in some games, because if Hinden comes out struggling in this game, that's bad news. That's really, really bad news. If he and you have injuries on paper, this should be a 15 point win for Tennessee on paper. I'll say that. I know everybody's saying boo. I know. Look, I know. I know. Also (laughs) earlier before the show, I had uh, Victor, another viewer of the show. He said, don't jinx us by choosing Tennessee to win. He Mm. said, I would jinx Tennessee by choosing Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, let's look at Tennessee fans should just look at this as Charlie is doing his part to try to ensure exactly. a victory for the balls. That's all. That's all it is. Exactly. I'm not going to jinx us yeah. by choosing Tennessee to win because it does feel like I've had that policy for so long and I've gotten this every single time. Everybody goes, boo, boo, no, Charlie's not a Tennessee fan. I'm getting it right now. Mark says, where's your gator hat? I know. Look, I know. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can, though. I'm wearing the shirt I was wearing in 2016. I'm, you know, the stars are aligning all the way around. It's going to be a crazy day. And Tennessee on paper should win this game by 15. And Lordy, I hope they do. Tennessee's not beating Florida until they do. That's just my, I stick to my, I stick to my guns. I didn't get here by not sticking to my guns, by not having principles. Okay, folks? I got principles. No, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's a fair principle to have. I mean, it's just like like we say with Tennessee and Kentucky. No matter how good Kentucky is, you're going to pick Tennessee to win. So, I mean, I get exactly. it. I get you, it. I, I'm just trying to I look at it so as far, if. Like, I, I can tell you so far, like if the Kentucky game was next week, Tennessee, without they've done nothing to change my mind. That's a win for Tennessee till it's not. So here, and, and I'll say this, in 2016, I chose Florida to win that game. And here, so Tennessee has done it. They've proved me wrong. I, I met my obligation to not jinx Tennessee. I'm wearing my 2016 shirt. I'm doing everything I can to help Tennessee, you see, and also choosing. And I think, let me explain that out to, I think it will be a shootout, ugly, and the Tennessee, the supernatural bug just catches up and it's a field goal to, to mm. win there. 
for Florida. Oh, so That's you're gonna else gonna be like heartbreaking fashion, right? Like, well, I said it. okay. So I said that the the only truly horrific outcome from this would be like getting your butt kicked by Florida, yeah. and I do not think that will happen. No, in no way do I think that will happen. You are significantly better than them, at, at a ton of different positions. Uh, th- their star linebacker is out. Like, there's a lot working for Tennessee. Anthony Richardson. Mark says in the comments here, zero passing touchdowns all year. Look, I know. I've watched Florida play too, but Tennessee did not give me a compelling enough reason yet. They're scaring me, scaring me with these bad starts. They're really scaring me. Like, really. Uh, so do come out strong. Do run the ball down Florida's throat. Do play good defense on Anthony Richardson. Don't let him uh, do anything but throw the ball, and you'll win this game. Don't do what I'm saying. I just have to give a prediction for what I think is going to happen. And Tennessee has smashed my hopes and dreams for 16 out of the last 17 years. So there it is. The best that I can do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll apologize. <laughs> well, I hope to be playing this clip after Tennessee wins all, all over Twitter. I, I what I like Zach, but I will be thanking. I will be thanking you though, for helping them win. Yes. See if Tennessee does win, is because I chose Florida to win. You see, uh, that is exactly what it'll be. Now, Zach Goodman says, how on earth does a shirt from 2016 fit? Uh, ironically, I actually like lost weight and I'm a smaller man than I was back then. So I've, it actually fits like better than it did back then. But I, I've kept, I'm not kidding. I've kept it around because it's that shirt. I mean, this thing is like pretty dingy. I wore it so much before because it's just like a great game day shirt i've sweated it has giant pit stains by the way I've tried <laughs> not to show that uh but it's i'm not getting rid of it it's a 2016 florida game shirt how am i going to get rid of that it was the best i remember after that game me and my wife we we no longer do but we we lived in the middle of downtown for a few years and uh that crossed over the 2016 florida game and after that game i opened up the window that looked right out down into the street in old city knoxville and i yelled at people and i was like go balls baby let's go you know and so i'm hopefully i can do that again to the neighborhood that i live in yeah there you go suburban Suburban. house suburban yeah suburban charlie (laughs) and people will be like shut up we're trying to sleep (laughs) that's like it'd be like 7 (laughs) 30 whenever the game's over that's true Yeah, I, li- I lived next to some really old folks, you know. <laughs> All right, Zach says Tennessee win. I, out of, out of honestly, out of necessity, I say Tennessee loss here. Um, I think I've explained myself adequately. Yes. But uh, any, any other parting thoughts here before we go, uh, Zach, for the folks at home, our amazing viewers that have stuck with us here? Um, no, I'm mean, just you know bring that energy saturday to neyland if you're going to the game uh make it loud give uh let billy napier know it's more than just a little louder in neyland it's a lot louder i like (laughs) crazy nug says if we have to do what we did in 2016 it looks like i'll spend another weekend in jail that's that's a fan right there there you go going to jail for the balls baby giving your all love it i hope tennessee wins this game so badly Please, dear God, some of my best friends are Florida fans. I want to be able to hold this over their head for an entire other year. That's all I'll say to end. Go Vols. Win this football game. Let us live the dream here, finally. Please, let Tennessee be back. Uh, Me and Jonathan Crompton will be doing our game day show, halftime, post-game, during the the Florida game. 
will be there. So tune in there. We'll give our full thoughts, win or lose. Um, but let's let's hope it's a win. And Louis, you thank you. Even though you're a Vandy fan, you said I run a good show. I appreciate that. Uh, and thanks to everybody for watching. It genuinely means the world. We couldn't do it without you. Um, I'll say go to superbooksports.com, download the Superbook app, help them out because they're helping us out. Uh, it's a great place to to get all your, your gambling picks in. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, A to Z sports.com, YouTube, A to Z sports, A to Z sports podcast network feed. If you want to just listen instead of seeing our ugly mugs. Uh, I think that's it. If you're here, you've been watching this long, you know where to find us. Thanks again for watching. There's the music. I just can't. Maybe, maybe the thing is I've been screwing this show up like technically and it's because Tennessee has taken all of my mojo. It's all going to the football team. There you there, go. You see, I'm, I'm giving it out so much, all of my good vibes, that it's all going to the football team. And so here I am screwing up. I can't get the music to work right. That's what it is. It definitely wasn't me. Just no, messed up. of course not. Just messing up. All right. That's it. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. And we'll I'll see you on Saturday. And Zach will see you all next week. See you guys later.